0: Welcome to episode 129 of the Fitness Simplified Podcast. I'm your host, Kim Schlag. Today's episode is a Q&A episode, but before I tell you about the episode, I have an exciting announcement. Doors are open to my Fitter After 40 coaching program. I only open doors a couple of times a year, and right now they are open until Wednesday, January 26th at the midnight fitter after 40 is the only online program of its kind that shows you exactly how to implement consistently the nutrition exercise and mindset strategies that will make you stronger and leaner for life while freeing you from constantly thinking about your weight if you want to work with me in 2022 now's your chance you can get the link at kimschlagfitness.com or you can look just in the show notes and it is there Onto the episode. Lots of QA questions today. We're talking about what to do when you're frustrated getting started. We're talking about pull ups. We're talking about maximizing muscle protein synthesis. And we're talking about my eyeballs. Seriously, let's go. All righty. So today's episode is a QA episode. I'm taking questions I got on Instagram DM and hitting them here. The first question comes from a follower whose handle is Faceless Healer. It's a protein question. And she says, I have a question, if I may. I'm really trying to pump up my protein. I made this breakfast that I love, but wondered if it's too much protein at once. I've heard different things about what we can and can't absorb in one sitting. Because it's filling, I often eat half, wait an hour or so and finish it. If you work today, mind if you work today, if you would today mind sharing your thoughts, I would be so grateful. Thanks for your time, PS. I am up and I have paced around for my morning steps. First of all, exciting that you're up. Glad you're listening to that piece of advice. Everybody get up. If you're listening to this podcast right now and you're not up, let's go. You can go outside and walk, you can pace around your house. Let's get moving. Podcast time is a great time to get in some extra movement. Okay on to your protein question when we think about protein intake specifically as it uh, applies to body composition we want to think in terms of a hierarchy with the top piece being like most important being your total daily protein intake if you are not getting your daily protein in enough if you're not getting it in consistently i don't want you to think about anything else i don't want you to think about the distribution across the day how much in one sitting just think about getting that protein in and what can you do to dial that in more so that you're hitting your daily protein target. Now, once you're doing that, you can move on and think about other things when it comes to protein. This question specifically, she's wondering like, hey, can I even absorb all this protein at once? Your body is always going to absorb all the protein you, you eat. Your body will either use it for repairing and building your muscle or it will use it for energy. It's going to use it for something. Specifically, if you're asking how much protein in one meal can be used to stimulate muscle protein synthesis. So that's that building and repairing of muscle tissue. It used to be commonly accepted that it was just like 20 to 25 grams. That's the ceiling and anything more is just kind of useless as far as building muscle. More recent research seems to be showing that that's not necessarily the case. There was a paper published in 2018 surveying what the current research shows on this subject, and the recommendations from that paper are that to maximize muscle growth, you should have a minimum of 0.2 to 0.25 grams per pound of your body weight per meal spread across four meals. Okay, I'm going to say that again. To maximize muscle growth, you should have 0.2 to 0.25 grams per pound of body weight in protein per meal spread across four meals. Again, this is to optimize your protein. You can also just focus on getting enough protein in if that's where you are right now. So for example, let's say you weigh 150 pounds and then your your protein target per meal, is gonna be 150 grams if we're going that one times body weight? So you're going to divide that up And then you're going to get between 30 to 35 grams per meal. Now, it doesn't mean if you eat more protein, it's going to waste. It's just maybe not going towards muscle protein synthesis. And we're not even necessarily sure about that. But remember, baseline, your number one priority for sure is to get enough total protein across your day. Then, if you really want to maximize it, you can focus on splitting your protein up at four different feedings, equal amounts, um, in the ratios that I gave you there. Okay. So that's question number one. Question number two is possibly the strangest question I have gotten. Maybe not. I'm trying to think I've gotten a lot of weird questions. Um, this, this, this one's up there though very sweet question but it's a little strange and she actually even started the question by saying that um her name was tova the person who asked asked this question name is tova and tova says i have a weird question how do you get the whites of your eyes so bright mine used to be bright but i can't get it back and i miss it (laughs) so it's really interesting to me um I've never thought about my whites of my eyes, literally a day in my life. Never thought about my eyeballs, (laughs) not at all. I do have one of my closest friends. She has like this crazy skincare routine. It's like nine steps every day, just for her skin. She's really into makeup. She does all kinds of things. all kinds of makeup things. And one of the things she used to do for years, she would put these whitening drops in her eyes. And I remember we'd be on trips together and I'd be watching her and she'd be like flinching. And I was like, what, are, what are you doing? She's like, wow, this stuff's like really, it burns, it like burns. And I was like, well, why are you putting Bernie stuff in your eyes? And she's like, wow, it really makes my eyes white. And I remember teasing her and being like, it just doesn't seem like a good plan. And sure enough, her, um, her brother-in-law is an ophthalmologist. She talked to him about it one time and he read the the ingredients, what it was. And he's like, Sarah, this is bleach. This is a form of bleach. You are literally bleaching your eyeballs. Stop putting this in your eyes. And so she did. So you can buy this. Like she just bought it on Amazon. Don't buy it though, guys. It's bleach. It's eyeball bleach. Don't do it. (laughs) So I never have thought about my eyeballs. And it was really interesting to me when she pointed it out and I like looked at the picture she attached, I'm like, my eyeballs, they really are very white. Wow. I have really white eyes. That, that is very pretty. But I've never thought about that literally ever. And then I thought, like, why are we like this? You know what I do think about? I think about the spots on my face from sun damage. Like I had these brown spots on my face that drive me nuts. I think about them a lot, multiple times a day. I, I still sometimes when I see myself in videos and pictures, which I do a lot because of the nature of my business, there's a lot of pictures and videos of myself that I'm confronted with. And I still think about the fact that I'd like to get braces on again. I was terrible with my retainer as a teenager. And I still think at 50, I might get braces again. I, I think about the fact that I have a small head. <laughs> you might never have noticed that I have a small head. I notice I can't wear hats correctly. It's really hard for me to find a hat. The baseball caps you see me wearing, I have to get the kind you can tighten and any kind of normal hat that doesn't have that feature. I look ridiculous. I can't really wear hats. I think about the fact that I have short legs. I even sometimes think about the fact that I have small fingernails. Like when I go to the nail salon, I look at my fingernails and I want them to be bigger. So there's (laughs) more of them. (laughs) Do you get my point here? I even, I think about sometimes that my teeth aren't as white as I want. Of course, I think about the fact that I have small boobs. You know what I never think about is my my white eyeballs. <laughs> someone out there is looking at you and admiring something you totally take for granted. And meanwhile, you're coveting some feature someone else has. It's a mad, mad world. Why are we like this? Take home messages from this question. Number one, don't bleach your eyes. And number two, try to appreciate your beautiful features. You have them. Try and see yourself in the eyes of someone else. And then mostly... This is the most important. Number three. Well, maybe bleach your eyeballs is the most important. Okay. I'm going to go with bleach your eyeballs is most important. This one, don't bleach your eyeballs. Don't bleach them. Don't bleach your eyeballs. I think I misspoke there. Mostly what I want you to remember is what the ladies at Beauty Redefined say. Your body is an instrument, not an ornament. We spend far too much time thinking about what our bodies look like and not enough time thinking about what our bodies can do. So let's think more about what our bodies can do, not what they look like. Your body is an instrument, not an ornament. And PS, don't bleach your eyeballs. (laughs) All right. Next question. This question comes from Beth. Beth says, I really, really want to do a pull-up. Help. I don't seem to be getting any closer. I use the assisted pull-up machine. Now I'm not going to say that the assisted pull-up machine is worthless. It's fine. It's fine. Um, you might never graduate from doing that machine, being able to do a pull-up. That's the reality of it. A lot of people work on that and they just d- don't ever get to the point where they can do a pull-up. I did that for years. I was working on the assistant pull-up machine and I, I just never got, I never seemed to get stronger at pull-ups. Here's how I got stronger at pull-ups. Here's the program I take my one-on-one clients through that I have when I've had one-on-one clients and that I use with my aging, stronger society now. Number one, we're gonna work on getting you a stronger back generally. So we're talking all row varieties. We're talking single arm rows, seated cable rows, bent over rows, barbell rows, penlay rows, all the different kinds of rows, inverted rows. We're um, we're gonna work on getting your back stronger with all the pull-down varieties. So lat pull-downs and single arm lat pull-downs and lat pull-downs with a pause and lat pull-downs with a slow eccentric pull-overs. We're gonna work on strengthening your back and also strengthening your biceps, because I'm going to have you start with a chin-up variety instead of a pull-up variety, and you can recruit more of your bicep at doing a chin-up. So let's work on getting your biceps stronger with doing all the different curl variations. So standard curls, alternating curls, hammer curls, all the different curl variations. Okay. So that's part one. We're generally strengthening your back and your biceps. And these are concurrent, by the way, it's not like you're gonna do that and then move on to number two. So while we're working on that piece, let's also have you work on your core strength, specifically with hollow body hold variations. The hollow body hold very, uh position is the position you are going to be in when you do a pull-up. Imagine right now you're at the bottom of a pull-up. Can you picture how you're hanging and your arms are raised above your head and you have this really tight curve in your body, you almost look like a banana not quite as curved, but that position, that's the position of a hollow body hold. Practice this on the floor, doing hollow body holds. If you're not strong enough to keep your hands above your head yet and keep your lower back on the floor, we're gonna have you put your hands down by your side. It doesn't help to have that extended form with your arms above your head if your back is arched and your lower back is not on the ground because then you're not engaging your abs. Your lower back has to be shoved into the ground for you to be engaging your core there. So shove your lower back into the ground. If you need to, what we can regress it to is arms next to your side and only one leg out. Bend one leg, keep the other leg straight, practice there. When you can hold that for 30 seconds, add both legs, keep your arms down by your side. When you can get that for 30 seconds, let's move to arms extended up over your head in that nice curved banana position. And we'll have you work on getting really strong at that position. So that's another piece of the puzzle. Again, you're going to work on these concurrently. Then we're going to actually have you practice the skill of chin-ups. We have to work on that. It is a skill. So the first piece of this, I would say, is just hanging from the bar for time. So get on the bar, hold on, and just see how long you can go until you have to drop. And keep working on those. They're called dead hangs. And when I'm saying dead hang, I don't want you to like hang like a limp noodle. I want you to get into that tight, hollow body hold position that we talked about on the floor. You're going to get up on the bar. You're going to squeeze your glutes. You're going to brace your abs like I'm going to punch you. And then you're going to keep your shoulders down away from your ears. Don't sprint your shoulders up like you're all stressed up towards your ears. Think about creating space between your ears and your shoulders. Okay, dead hangs, practice those. Another time, and after you've done that, maybe practice dead hangs um, for a month, a couple of times a week. And then the next month you can try doing slow eccentrics. Now, what this is, you're gonna get up to the top of the pull-up position with your sternum at the bar. The top of the pull-up position is not with your chin over the bar. That's not full range of motion. We want you to get all the way up so your sternum is over the bar, get into that position. And if you're like, Kim, if I could get into that position, I wouldn't be asking you how to do a chin up. You're not going to pull yourself up into that position. You're going to get like a nice tall box or bench or climb up on the rack if your chin up bars at the top of your squat rack. You're going to use assistance to get up to the top. You're going to start at the top. You're not pulling up. And then from there, you're going to lower down with control nice and slowly till you're at full extension, drop to the floor, climb back up, do it again. Do that like five to six times. Do three sets of five to six times. Take a good bunch of time in between each of these sets. Take like two to three minutes, rest between them. Those are called slow eccentrics or negatives. Really great way to get stronger at doing chin-ups or pull-ups. By the way, the difference between a chin-up and a pull-up. A chin-up, which is where I would have you start, because like I said, you can recruit more bicep muscles. It's going to help you get up there. That is when you have your palms facing towards you. That's a chin-up a pull up is when you have your palms facing away from you neither is better than the other they're just different okay uh, for some people doing pull ups feels better on their shoulders for some people it doesn't it doesn't matter okay then after you practice slow eccentrics you can do those a couple of days a week 2 to 3 days a week for like a month then let's have you start doing band assisted chin ups to do this you want to get a set of bands I like a brand called Wad fitters. Um, there's other brands that are a little less expensive than those go on Amazon and get chin up assistance bands. You want a full set of these. They come with, there's a really wide thick one like really wide and thick. Then there's one that's a little bit thinner and then a little bit thinner all the way down to nice and slim. You're gonna start likely when you start you're gonna need to use the heaviest, widest, fattest band and the second one, maybe even three bands to start. I want you to put on as many bands as you need, okay? If you need to slap on three or all four of those bands, you loop them up and over the bar, and then you're going to put your feet in those bands. It's going to take some of your body weight off. It's going to assist you in getting up. The reason this is better, more ideal, than the chin-up assist machine is because the positioning you are in is going to be the exact same positioning that you will be in when you start doing pull-ups without the assist versus the chin-up assist machine, okay? It's not the same position. Your body is not moving through that same position in that full range of motion as you will with this you will move your body exactly how you will do. You'll be practicing that skill with the addition of assistance from these bands. So however many bands you need to put on, put them on so that you can do like five to six reps with a full range of motion, which means you're gonna pull yourself all the way up till your sternum is touching the bar. And you're gonna bring yourself all the way down till your arms are fully extended so that your elbows are not bent anymore, okay? Don't cheat this, that's not gonna help you. And then you're gonna pull up again. Do that five to six times and add as many bands on as you need to support you to do that, okay? Once you've done that, take a good rest. Again, like two to three minutes and do that two more times. So you have like three sets of five to six reps of the assisted chin-ups. That right there, what I just described to you, you're going to keep working on that, changing the weight. So as you go month to month, you're going to be able to do Um, those same band assisted with less assistance. And there's a whole bunch of other varieties. I can't talk you through every variety I would have you do. When I work with uh, the group uh, in the Aging Stronger Society, in Fitter After 40, we work on things, um, variations of this exercise. So maybe we'll do those with a pause at the top, or maybe um, we'll do band assisted with a slow eccentric. Oh, we'll do something called clusters. I love doing them in cluster sets. Where you do small groups of these with little mini breaks. And doing all of these things together, when you're continuing to practice those band assisted chin ups, you're also gonna still be working on strengthening your back and strengthening your core and strengthening your biceps. You're gonna work on all that together. And then you're gonna be really patient and diligent at practicing these things and know that it might take you a while. It might take you six months. It might take you a year. It might take you a year and a half. You're gonna see progress though. Literally, just yesterday, I got a message, a, a DM from one of my Fitter After 40 ladies. Her name is Barbara, she's actually my childhood best friend who is in the group. And she messaged. She's like, I just did it. I finally did four chin-ups without any assistance. She's been practicing them for a good long time now. And gosh, maybe a year and a half, maybe a year and a half. And she's like, I did it. I did four. We had a big celebration. That's amazing. It's such a great feeling to be able to move your body through space like that. And there's zero reason you can't do it. Now, I will say, if you have a lot of weight to lose, it's going to get easier as you lose weight. I'm not saying don't start now, but know that the less of you that there is to haul up and down off that bar, it's going to get easier. So if you're doing this as you're doing a weight loss program, know it's going to get easier. Okay. And then the last question I'm going to tackle today, this is from Casey. Casey's question. I want to pull this out. I have it pulled up on my phone. I took a screenshot of Casey's question. So Casey says this. I'm really just struggling with where to start. My weight is all around my gut and thighs and I just cannot seem to find a good way to start. I try to be hardcore in calorie counting. That gets overwhelming, so I stop. I try to work out hard and I get burned out. I guess what I'm needing is where to start. I tend to go all in and then I get discouraged. I feel like I'll never be a healthy weight again. I know it's gonna take hard work, but I guess I'm just overwhelmed at what to focus on first. So first, Casey, and Casey and I talked back and forth for a while, but I thought this was such a relatable question that I wanted to share it here, because I'm sure there are a lot of you feeling exactly like that. So I want you to know, first of all, you're not alone, and this is really common, and it's hard stuff. Losing weight is hard stuff. There are ways to make it easier, but you're not crazy if you're like, wow, this is challenging. Changing our behavior, changing our long-held habits is not easy but you can absolutely do it. So you have a couple of options. And Casey talked here about one of the approaches she's tried, which is like the really being aggressive, going all in, tracking your calories, tracking your protein. And she was struggling with that. And what I said to her, I I said, here's two really good options. One, start smaller, like really start smaller, pick a habit or at most two habits to work on. So, and they should be impactful habits. They shouldn't be The goal here is weight loss for her. And so we want to pick things that are going to help with her calorie bottom line, but we need them to be small enough that she can be successful at them and then fold in more things over time. So some of the suggestions I gave her were to start eating all her food seated and plated, which means no more grazing, no more like eating out of boxes and packages and bags, but everything she eats, she eats seated at a table on a bowl or a plate. That could be one goal. Another goal is getting her steps up. So figure out what your baseline steps are in a day, and let's start pumping those up maybe 500 to 1,000 steps more. Do that. Do those two habits for a week, two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, however long it takes till you're like, okay, this feels pretty routine for me. I can get in my step goal every week, every day. I can eat all my food seated and plated. And then you do these things most of the time. You don't have to be hundred percent perfect at these, but that you're doing it most of the time, it's feeling pretty easy. Then you fold in another habit. So maybe the next habit is, I'm going to start eating protein at every meal. Great. And I'm going to start strength training two times a week. All right. And then you go with those habits. Over time, as you keep adding habits in, you're going to see the weight come off and you're going to see your body change. And it's not going to feel so like, I just, I'm going to give up because I can't keep this up. That is one really good option. And I would suggest going in that option if you're not going to do the next option, which is bringing someone on board to help you. Okay, so that's one good option if you're really struggling. Second option is to be more aggressive, to track calories, track protein, have a step goal, have a strength training goal, work on all four of those. That is, I want to say trifecta, but there's four. Whatever the the equivalent is for the word trifecta, but there's four. Quadfecta, that's not a word. I'm making stuff up here. Those are the four magic bullets of fat loss and body composition change. Okay. That's what we need to get a person doing. We need to get you in a deficit. Easiest, most direct way to do that is tracking your calories. We need to get your protein up. We need to get your need up and we need to have you strength training consistently. If you're struggling to do all of that, I'm going to suggest you get a coach. Get a coach make that investment to have someone teach you and guide you and step you through these four elements. It doesn't have to be me. You all know, because I keep talking about it. I'm opening the doors to my signature course. They are open right now, all the way till next Wednesday, January 26th. That's when the doors are open. And then they're going to close till I don't know when. Definitely I'll be opening in September. It's possible. I'll be opening, um, like May, April time before summer, I haven't decided that one for sure again in the fall, but it's gonna be many months. If you're really ready to get started now, you want help now, fitter after 40, this is what I do. These things that I just discussed with you, it's what I do with you. I help you put together these four pieces, the calories, the protein, the meat, and the strength training in such a way that you will stick to them. And part of that way is addressing the non-food issues. Yes, fat loss is about food, but it's about a lot more. And we address that a lot more in Fitter After 40. You know, getting started isn't that hard. That exhilarating feeling you have when you're researching a new plan and you're feeling motivated, and then you start the plan and you get all your food to start the plan. What's hard is the days and weeks following that, that initial beginning part, that rush, when it's hard to do it day in and day out. And that's what you need to do if you want to stay the course. So if you are tired of starting and stopping, I'd like to invite you inside fitter after 40, consider this your personal invitation. And this invitation stands all the way through midnight on Wednesday, January 26th. And if you're like, I don't know that I'm a good fit for that program, get another coach. If you want to take this approach where you're you're really struggling, but you want to see some significant progress you want to get your calories, your protein, your meat, and your strength all working together at once, let's get you another coach. You can message me and I will help you find one. I know a lot of amazing coaches in this industry, but if you think I'm the person to work with you, let's do it. Fitter After 40 doors are open until Wednesday, January 26th at midnight. Thanks so much for being here with me today. I will catch you next week on the podcast. If you're not up right now, let's get up. Catch you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Fitness Simplified Podcast. I hope you found it motivational, inspirational, educational, organizational. If you did find value in this episode today, it would mean a great deal to me if you would leave a rating and review on whatever podcasting platform you are listening to this episode on. It really does help to get this podcast in front of other people. Thanks so much for being here.